All right, happy Monday. Thanks for being with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. 800-941-SEAN. You know, it's amazing the level of just outright denial that exists. Everything you see happening at the border is not real. It's not real. It's not happening. There's no crisis. 100,000 people in one month. It's not a crisis. High percentage having up to 10% average testing positive for COVID. Now we have over the weekend, we have, oh, New York Post. Look at this. Oh, they actually are putting kids back in cages. I thought that stopped. How did it, how could that possibly be happening? Now you're wondering why that there's this gag order on border agents. By the way, they're getting ticked off over this gag order. But you have photographs now have been smuggled. They had to be smuggled out. Probably if they ever catch the person for smuggling out photos, you know, God help you. Never mind human smuggling across the border. What happens to those people, including, you know, young children in many cases whose parents have paid a fortune for them to enter the country illegally because they think that Joe Biden has has told them to come, which he did, although he denied it last week when he lied to Georgie Stephanopoulos. Anyway, they've got these photos now finally smuggled out of these holding facilities in Texas. And lo and behold, what do we see? We see hundreds of of kids being kept in plastic-lined cages. These photos from inside a, a Customs and Border Protection migrant shelter in Texas offers us a, a sobering look into the overcrowding conditions. But if you ask the Biden, there's nothing. There's, there's no absolutely zero zero crisis at the border. Later in the program, we're going to talk to somebody, Dr. Camerata, with the Center for Immigration Studies. He's, when you look at the cost associated for every American. Because, look, every single person we're talking about is going to need housing, food, medical care, education. We're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars now that American taxpayers are going to have to foot the bill for. But, you know, a couple of years ago, we can't afford to build the wall. We can't afford not to finish building the wall. Axios got a copy of these these photos and they were taken over the weekend at a Border Patrol facility, in this case, Donna, Texas. And uh, they came out as the Biden administration continue what is their unprecedented media blackout at these facilities. I mean, and I'll tell you, look, having been to the border 14 times, I've been out with many times Border Patrol agents. I've been on foot. I've been in helicopters. I've been on boats. I've been on horseback. I've been on all-terrain vehicles. I've been everywhere from the Rio Grande straight on across through an office building where a tunnel was from Mexico up through into a San Diego office. I've been inside the tunnel. I've been there when gang members are arrested. I was interviewing Rick Perry at the Rio Grande once when a family just crossed the border. You know, literally, I could throw a football. They could catch it. That's how close they were. And now they're restricting Uh, information from we, you, the American people. It's unbelievable. Anyway, it's pretty unbelievable. And uh, anyway, the officials now, every single time I went down there, they they, they couldn't be more gracious. I went into a drug warehouse once, floor to ceiling, the biggest warehouse I've ever seen. 
All drugs confiscated on our southern border. The stench was like, whoa. I mean, you're almost high when you leave. It's that bad. Um, But they're restricting the information. The Border Patrol agents, they now have been ordered not to ever talk to the media. They can't share any of this with the media. The only reason we got the pictures of of these kids, by the way, there's no social distancing. We have reports now that they're taking turns sleeping on the floor and using their tinfoil blankets. We've yet to get inside the cargo shipping containers that house kids with the tiny window with bars on it. But we're told they have butterflies on the wall. Now, imagine if Donald Trump put kids, migrant kids, in cargo shipping containers. We're not talking about a double wide here. That has a kitchen and a bathroom and, you know, a nice, somewhat nice, you know, area, sitting area, furniture. We're not talking about that at all. How many kids are inside each one? And what are they, what are they, in the dark at night now? They're going to try and, and, and get it ready so then they can bring in cameras and see how, oh, look how beautiful the cargo shipping containers are. Why are they keeping, why the most transparent administration isn't transparent at all? They now, they put a gag order on all Border Patrol ICE agents, sector chiefs, in terms of they cannot talk to the media. All media requests now have to be sent directly to Washington, D.C. And by the way, with all due respect, they probably don't know a single thing of what's really going on because Joe doesn't want to take the time to go down and visit the border. Officials down at the border say these restrictions, this gag order, which is how they refer to it, and they're requesting anonymity because they're not authorized to speak to the media, but they still have friends in the media that are seeking the truth. They think the American people have a right to know. But the Border Patrol agents and officials have all been told to deny every single media request. No more ride-alongs with agents along the southern border. Local press officers are instructed. I mean, I've been in boats and helicopters with these guys. I've been out... If it wasn't for two agents that saved me when I was on a horse, I probably would have fallen off if the the horse just took off on me and I couldn't rein him in. It's been a long time since I've been on a horse. Not exactly my area of expertise, but, you know, I can ride one as long as it's a little nicer than the one they gave me. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but you have a former Homeland Security chairman predicting a million illegals are going to crash the border by the summertime. This is, you know, House Home, former House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Michael McCall. He's predicting a million illegal migrants are going to be crashing through the, the, the border by the time the summer arrives. We're already at 100,000 in what is usually historically a slow month. He said it's going to get worse, a lot worse, springtime, summertime, more and more are coming over. And the message is coming back. Hey, they got a new president. Come on in. We're open for business to traffickers. And by the way, in the meantime, when Border Patrol are now pushed to the limit, they don't have any border checkpoints anymore. And all of their resources now are, are, are now being used for these undocumented kids. Well, that leaves the side door wide open for the drug cartels, the human traffickers, the gang members. We now have already arrested people on the terrorist watch list. They come in the side door while all the resources are now being put into all these other endeavors because they're so overwhelmed at the border. I predict a million people to get into this country by summertime. And he's probably right. That's probably on the low side. 
And Biden plans to send thousands of illegal migrants to the Canadian border. I don't know what that's all about. I'm sure Justin Trudeau is going to be happy to roll out the welcome mat in Canada. He ends the stay in Mexico policy for those that were seeking asylum. By the way, 90 plus percent of those asylum cases. uh, Sorry, they're just it's not what they say it is. You know, you got all these networks now. they're, They're finally beginning to feel a little pressure. You know, they're a little minor offense that they're being denied access to the border. Well, they're not really showing the same. Imagine if Donald Trump had kids in cargo shipping containers or had kids not socially distanced, have kids literally taking turns sleeping in the bed with tinfoil blankets and put up these plastic cages. We got kids back in cages again. We had 823 unaccompanied children spent 10 days in the custody of U.S. Border Patrol, and they're moving these kids to different states. You can't make this up. It's, it, it's, it is a national security threat. It's a health threat. It's a financial mess for everybody. I mean, it's just an unmitigated disaster, and you're all going to pay the bill. Look at this. Biden administration awarded ICE an extra $86 million contract. Why to secure hotel rooms for illegal families? I can't think of a, 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 a less efficient means and a more expensive means of, of housing people. Then you get people that are testing positive for COVID. They're put in hotels, but nobody's watching them. They can come and go as they choose. You know, the whole 90% of asylum claims when people were staying in Mexico were denied because they're not real asylum claims. They're just people that are told by professional human traffickers when they, when they catch you, say, yeah, I'm seeking asylum. And they use the exact same wording because they're they're prepared ahead of time what to say. But if they were staying in Mexico, once we find out that they don't really have a valid asylum claim, then they're sent home. If you try if you make it to the shores of Australia, for example, you're met by Australian officials, border officials. They're compassionate. If you need medical care, they'll they'll provide it. And then they'll give you food and then they'll give you water and they'll send you around and send you right back to where you came from. You don't get to step one foot on Australian soil. Is that, are they a hor- horrible country for doing that? No, they're not. They're controlling their borders. You know, it's, um, you know, by the way, even fake news CNN had a reporter say, you see, I have more kids coming into U.S. custody, but not enough space to put them in shelter. So that means these kids are staying in a Border Patrol facility for long periods of time. And these facilities that are not intended for them, they look like jail-like conditions, prison cells with concrete walls, concrete benches. And these kids are spending more than the three-day limit that they're supposed to. They're, they're 10 days, two weeks, and, and some even longer. Biden's still well, At some point, I'll visit the the border. Wow. Unbelievable. You know, you have more illegal immigrants. We have tape of it. They're all saying they're coming because Biden was elected and told us to come and saying that they definitely wouldn't do it if Donald Trump was still president. I mean, it's a breach of national security that we've never seen before. And is it a real? Yeah, it's a real crisis. And then there's no court dates. Mark Meadows is saying this is this is now Biden's Hurricane Katrina moment. I don't disagree with him. You got to look inside of H.R. 6, which the Democratic Control House passed on on Thursday. And the bill includes two main provisions. One is the DREAM Act. The other is the American 
America Promise Act, if enacted, grants legal status to children brought to the United States illegally. That Well, right after that, you can figure out what the next step is, chain migration. And after that, we can figure out what the step after that is. That would be amnesty. And maybe in three years, just in time for the next election. DHS secretary, border is closed, but children will not be expected. No, the border's not closed. That's the whole point. And they're censoring Border Patrol. They won't even let Border Patrol do their job. The CBO, Congressional Budget Office, the latest amnesty plan, which is only a small portion of what this bill is going to be, is $35 billion. We're not even, it's going to be so much more. They were complaining about building what? Spending $10 billion on a wall. The first photo inside this El Paso migrant center obtained by Fox News, that's come out as well also. Their center now has increased 96%. We have other places now well over 700% capacity. Mayorkas is now saying the crisis is underway because Donald Trump dismantled. Donald Trump had it under control. Stay in Mexico. He ended catch and release, and he built the border wall. All they had to do was keep those policies in place, and we wouldn't be having this problem right now. This is solely created by Mayorkas and by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who has no clue. She said she needs to be briefed on the issue. Apparently, she's not reading a newspaper, and apparently she's not watching any television. Unbelievable. All right, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. Uh, yeah, this it's amazing the mob and the media even protecting Biden from his falling three times up the stairs and making excuses for it. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. How is it, too, that you have the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, and he wants to send in child protective services to make sure that all these undocumented minors are being well taken care of. And we know from some of the pictures that they are not because they're taking turns sleeping on the floor and, and nobody's been allowed to get inside any of the cargo shipping containers that we're told have butterflies on the windows. Um, how do you keep the governor of the state when this is all happening in his state? Now the governor's had to deploy his own resources to protect the border. And then he's being told by the federal government to ignore federal law, which would mean that you're aiding and abetting and lawbreaking. If you're a Republican, you probably go to jail for that. If you're a Democrat, you probably get a Medal of Honor or Medal of Freedom for it. It's just unbelievable. So all you have, you have these emergency sites, you know, raising a lot of a lot of concerns about the safety of kids. You got roughly forty five hundred children, and that right now are waiting in Border Patrol facilities. Then they're sending him around the country. Biden, now they've given zero access to any photojournalists in particular, but all journalists, they're not even allowed to talk to. Border Patrol agents cannot even talk to the media. There's no precedent for this ban on media access, according to CB, the CBB Border Operations. John Moore said... He's blasted the Biden administration for the zero access policies that they have. He took to Twitter to lament the trans lack of transparency. I respectfully ask U.S. Customs and Border Protection to stop blocking media access to their border operations. I photographed CBP under Presidents Bush, Obama, Trump, and now zero access, access granted to the media. Okay, why? Where, where, where all the where all the Joe Biden 
you know, media sycophants. Why are they allowing this? We'll continue. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number. Uh, we'll get a lot of calls in today, I promise, throughout the uh, program. You know, we watched this thing unfold on Friday. Joe f- slips balls once, and then he f- fell again. And he seemed to, on the third one, it looked like he had hit his head. I didn't see any any indication that he had hit it in a bad way. But, you know, it's it's just funny to watch the media mob. When you compare and contrast the coverage of when Donald Trump spoke at West Point, and I've, I've had this experience myself, um, I'd go to work, I always walk from radio to TV, and a little incognito as much as I possibly can. And But I like to people watch. I like to walk. I like the exercise. I like fresh air. I like to, you know, a little sun, vitamin D on my face once in a while was helpful. And so I'll make the walk and I'm, I'm walking around. But then there are days I've, I've for whatever reason, because I never wear nice dress shoes unless I have like an interview or an event or a speech in the morning before I have to go to work, which I hate to do, but I do it when I have to. And not that I hate meeting people, you know, just I like to stick to my schedule. I'm very regimented in the way I live my life and very disciplined. I get up every day. I work out at this point every day. I study this these hours during the day. I, I never stop preparing. You know, do we do the radio show, take a little break, then boom, right back to study and writing, getting the monologue ready, finishing the final touches, whatever. All right, so that's my day. But there are days sometimes, that, well, I didn't know it was going to be snowing. And I don't have my usual either sneakers or boots on. And, you know, shoes, in other words, that you can walk around in ice, sleet, snow with. And if you're in dress shoes, I mean, I don't care who you are. Um it's yeah, it's like walking on a skating rink, right? So you walk a little slower. I took little baby steps rather than fall flat on my face. Just a smart thing to do. So, so Donald Trump one time in his presidency experiences after his speech at West Point when it's pouring rain, there, there are no stairs. They've got this long ramp. He's got dress shoes on. He doesn't have rubber-soled shoes on. He feels how slippery it is. And does the smart thing, and that is he takes small steps down the ramp, and and the media goes nuts. Here you have Joe Biden falling, not once, not twice, but three times on the way. And it's amazing that some networks completely ignore it, where they were wallpapering for days and days and days Donald Trump's slow descent in the rain down a slippery, you know, ramp that he was walking on. Now, Joe Biden, now, I never saw the type of cognitive struggles that Joe Biden has with Donald Trump. I never have. And I'm not even saying this to be mean. You, you know, there, there might be a story that comes out of all of this because we chronicled during the campaign what the hell is going on with Joe Biden and all these verbal gaffes and you know, we choose truth over pa- uh, over facts and Super Thursday, turn up the record player and turn up the radio. And the, he makes no sense. Joe, 30330. All this crazy stuff. Come on, man. Come on. Are you a junkie? Are you a junkie? Come on, man. Weird outbursts. Obviously, not able to speak off the top of his head. 
and extemporaneously. And I'm, you know, some people, well, Hannity, how you're, you're really being mean. I'm not being mean. If people knew that he was struggling this mightily during the campaign, which is why they, according to the book, use the put your crazy uncle in the bunker strategy to run for president. Don't you think the people that might be around him that knew that he probably didn't have the, the physical strength and stamina and that, that saw that he was weak and that he was frail, see that he's struggling cognitively, you know, working so hard, hiding him for five days before any debate just to, just to build up to the moment. I'm sure well, I'll get a copy of Joe's schedule this week. I guarantee you it's going to be light. And it's going to be a lot of heavy prep sessions for Joe doing his, his first press conference. I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of feeling out of, oh, where do you think you're interested in going during the, the, the press conference? Yeah, because we might want to call on you. Um, I think I'm interested in the immigration issue. wonder if anyone's going to ask him if he'll take a cognitive test. Mr. President, why do you seem to be struggling such? Now, I thought I heard it all, but after he fell three times and they said, oh, yeah, the wind blew him over. The what? I don't know what's worse. So the president take a fall on the stairs. Is he doing okay? As you know, it's pretty windy outside. It's very windy. Uh, I almost fell coming up the steps myself. He is doing 100% fine. He's doing it. Oh, that's recently broken at all? All I can tell you, he's doing fine. He's preparing for, for the trip today, and he is, he's doing just great. Did he get, get checked out by the doctor? Uh, I just, all I know is I, I, I can tell you is he's doing fine. He's doing great. He's doing fine. That's all I can tell you. I, I almost fell myself. I like, you know, just like when Sandy Burglar, you know, goes into the National Archives and shoves documents in his pants, you know, where your private parts are and where your your backside is and in your socks. And then the media comes to the rescue. Oh, he was just being sloppy. He's not sloppy. sloppy. Just think sloppy, maybe this sloppy. is a case of sloppiness. I'm sure it was sloppy. a careless, sloppy moment. And he, sloppy. he was sloppy about it. I'm sloppy, too, so I can I'm appreciate this. Well, obviously, sloppy. Uh, the sloppiness was not something that uh, we're going to regret later. And it was a case of sloppiness. Sloppy. 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 He stuck. The, the, he, he knows the law. He knows he's not allowed to remove those documents. He wasn't sloppy when he shoved the papers down his crotch. That's not sloppy. They're just lying to you. The mob lies to you. Democrats lie to you. Joe Biden did not fall three times because the wind blew him over, which might be worse if that, in fact, was the case, because it wasn't that windy to blow him over. I just don't like, you know, when my kids would get in trouble when they were young, I'd always say, just don't, just tell me what you did. Tell me the truth. I, I swear. And I'd be like, you're insulting my intelligence. Stop lying to me. You're not even any good at it. You know, kids think they're so clever, right? And they'd get in big trouble, much more trouble for the lying than whatever dumb thing that I might have, you know, been annoyed with. And, my, and they, they quickly learned, you just forget it, just suck it up, tell them, and it's, and it's over. But if I have to sit there and, and, and pull it out of you, then now you're, now you're beginning to piss me off. Don't insult our intelligence. The wind did not blow over Joe Biden. That didn't happen. That's not what happened. Joe is struggling cognitively.
You don't, we're playing tapes of him from 2016 and 2012, and we're comparing them to today. And it is a dramatic decline. Now, am I playing doctor? No, I don't know what the condition is. Maybe it's just old age. I don't know. It's not my area of expertise, but I know this is the hardest job in the world. And you you do need strength, physical strength. You do need stamina. And he looks frail and he looks weak and he's obviously struggling cognitively. And the media mob had no problems whatsoever bringing up the question of Ronald Reagan and John McCain. And, you know, the headline, New York Magazine, McCain gaff makes him seem older than ever. Back in 1984, the media questioned whether Ronald Reagan was in cognitive decline. There was a Washington Post piece pushing a theory that Reagan lost his old fire with age. Okay, Joe lost his old fire with age. Article New York Times, the age issue, claiming Reagan's senior advisors knew he was struggling, and that's why they keep him out of press conferences as much as possible. In the 70s, remember when, I mean, Let's be honest, Gerald Ford kind of was a little bit of a klutz. He fell a lot, but anyway, after a fall similar to Biden's on the stairs up Air Force One, the media you know, went after Ford without mercy as a clumsy fool. Gerald Ford's 1975 fall on the same stairs, a minor tumble that forever tarred him as a clumsy oaf. Remember that? That all happened. Then they were vicious towards President Trump. How many armchair psychologists in the media mob were suggesting that he's not mentally fit to serve as president? That people he's close to him during the campaign told me had early stages of dementia. Now, listen, you can get mad at me if you want to. You can say that's not okay to say. But, but it is okay reality. to say. This New York Times article basically showed us how Trump is not only in the early stages of dementia, but he is in cognitive decline. A portrait of a man in cognitive decline. So maybe he just has a hard time going down a gently sloping ramp. But um, do you see something possibly neurological that could be throwing off his balance? The president himself uh, is having momentary uh, stumbles, uh, momentary lapses in, you know, it looks straining for a word or whatever uh, it might be. Once the president, President Trump used two hands to put up a glass of water to drink a glass of water. Oh, CNN, fake news. Is the president afraid of stairs? That's the only incident I can think of. He'd talk to the media mob almost every day. And by the way, a lot of people around him, I can report with full confidence, they, they did not want him talking to the media as much as he talked to the media, but he did it anyway. They had no problem questioning, well, what about Joe's decline? It was one slippery ramp, and they went nuts. Joe falls not once, not twice, but three times. And then they're going to tell us the wind blew him over. And now we've got Vladimir Putin. Our, our, the world's enemies are watching this. We watched last week Vladimir Putin mocking Joe Biden, challenging him to a debate. Can we do a Friday? I've got plans this weekend. And then wishing him good health. Meaning I can see straight through this and while your media is protecting you, uh, we see it. The mullahs in Iran see it. President Xi and China, which they humiliated us in Anchorage, Alaska, with the new secretary of state. It was embarrassing lecturing America on, on human rights. And they sat there and apologized. It was despicable. It's embarrassing. That's why you can't have. 
a candidate and a presidential protection program of the media mob and big tech and the Democratic Party. America sees it with the, you know, they want to pretend the riots over the summer. That never happened, right? The crisis on our southern border. That never happened either. Me vaping on TV last night. That never happened. I'll just lie like they do. No, but I'm not going to lie. Yeah, okay. I was using my jewel. They've been a sponsor on this program in the past. I like my jewel. A lot of my friends hate that I use it, but I understand. <laughs> it doesn't smell. I use the tiniest amount of nicotine in it. It's kind of like a cup of coffee to me. I'm not, I'm, I'm, we can't have a weak president. It emboldens America's enemies. Here's a scary story. The Biden, this is on the Daily, Daily Caller, uh, excuse me. Biden White House in regular touch with Barack Obama on a range of issues. I bet, oh, I bet that's true. White House physician for Obama, Trump, and Biden hiding from a public, a major red flag. Something is not right. The man who served as White House physician to former Presidents Obama and Trump sounded the alarm about Joe Biden, suggested something was really off after seeing last week's fall. I served as the White House physician under three presidents. This is Ronnie Jackson. I've seen what it takes physically and mentally to do this job. I can tell you right now that the way Biden is hiding from the public is a major red flag. Something is not right. He reported to the White House medical unit during the Bush era, but did not start as a physician to the president until July of 2013, a position that he served in until March 2018. He knows what it takes. I mean, it's pretty scary. It's pretty st scary. Then people get mad. Oh, because the people on Twitter, oh, they show Donald Trump hitting a golf ball, and then they f act like the ball hit Joe Biden's head. Oh, this is going to cause somebody to commit some hate crime. I'm like, <sighs> anyone ever see the memes on, Linda, you ever see the stuff people write about me on Twitter? Yeah. Sure have. Funny me now. Some of them are funny, aren't they? Yes. I mean, they're mean as hell, but they're funny as hell too. There's a reason you can't say anything more. Everybody's too busy being politically correct to even laugh. I laugh. I'm and laughing. Let me tell at you them. something. If that golf ball was hitting Trump in the head, they'd be cracking up. If what? If that golf ball was hitting Trump in the head, they would be cracking up. Uh, I've seen pretty bad ones about me, and so have you. You know what I'd never want? To live in an America where people can't do that to me. Have at it. America's enemies are seeing what's happening here. They're not stupid. Are they going to get him through the press conference on Thursday? Yeah, he's going to practice all week. They won't tell us he's practicing, but I'm betting that he's practicing. He has to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Yeah, exactly. By the way, they, they've thrown out all these people for using weed in the past but kamala harris bragged about it she didn't get she didn't get the same thing i'm telling you something is wrong and if people knew i want to know who knew what when that he might be having troubles all right hour two sean hannity show 800-941 sean you want to be a part of the program uh what's amazing about any of the 1.9 trillion with a t covid emergency bailout bill that's really just a big boondoggle blue state bailout nine percent for emergency covid relief which we've been examining in great detail 
and a wealth transfer from states that elect fiscally responsible governors and state legislatures and and balance their budgets and fund their pensions. And you got billions and billions going to states like New York and New Jersey and Illinois and California, et cetera, et cetera. In the great state of West Virginia, we talk a lot about Joe Manchin. First, Joe Manchin was a no way am I ever going to end the legislative filibuster. Then it's, well, I just really just want to, I'm not going to end it, but I want to make it harder, which seems to be a coordinated attempt with Joe Biden, who said, yeah, you've got to stand up and do the do it the old fashioned way, which is you must speak in the chamber. And as long as you can possibly speak, you can't even take a bathroom break. Um, but anyway, the governor of West Virginia is now starting an effort to put money back in the pockets of people in West Virginia. And it's an income tax cut that will put cash right in the pockets of every single person in West Virginia. Now, West Virginia is going to get particularly hard hat. Uh, hit by the draconian attacks against the energy sector. We already see it happening in states like Texas, Oklahoma, Keystone Pipeline states. There's now a push to end the Dakota Pipeline. There's now a push to to limit coal mining, fracking, all these other sources of energy that under Donald Trump made us energy independent for the first time in 75 years. Uh, But the U.S. population has doubled over the past 70 years. West Virginia is the only state to watch a population steadily decline. And uh, the governor of West Virginia is trying to stop that trend. And and it seems like a governor, correct me if I'm wrong, after everything I've been reading, is you want to duplicate the friendly business atmosphere that states like Florida, Tennessee, the Carolinas, Texas have, and keep taxes as low as possible. And you're getting some resistance as well. Well, Sean, that's exactly right. And, uh, and, and you couldn't have described it better, you know, from uh, from the standpoint of the Biden administration. We are probably going to take it on the chin as far as our natural resources, and that's a real problem. But West Virginia, West Virginia is doing very well. West Virginia is a diversified state right now. And West Virginia is that diamond in the rough that leaves us with COVID stuff and everything else coming or going. But with all of that, you're dead on the money. What we want to do here is more Trumpish, absolutely, without any question. What we want to do is be able to lower taxes to our people. And, uh, you know, it is very difficult to understand, you know, uh, how, how it got in the, wor- the, the verbiage or the language got in the bill. It came from Senator Manchin without any question, you know, and wrote in the bill, you know, about you know, a state that lowers your taxes can't receive any stimulus money, and 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 it is it is it is preposterous to tell you the honest truth. But uh, but we're on our way here, and we're going to try to do everything we possibly can to to vet out you know the the language that that may prohibit us from doing this, and uh, and and but we're we're on our way to trying to find a way to uh, get rid of the state income tax in West Virginia. You you totally want to eliminate it, so that would be what a sixty percent reduction in state income tax for in in for for one year, or is it in perpetuity? No, it's in perpetuity. And Sean, the the bottom line of the whole thing is just what we've done is just the, well. First of all, I want to stop and say this. You know, I, I watch your show every night, every night of my Thank life, and pro- probably I watch it ten times a day. You know, but w- but with all that, I would just say this: what a patriot, what an absolute just superstar you are. 
And oh, I'll good. stand arm in arm with you in any battle, at any moment, anywhere. And I mean that sincerely. I don't want wow. smoke at anybody. I am I'm not moving to West Virginia. I just decided. I got to go. I got to get out of here. I, I, I'm well, stuck in New York, Governor. You're, you're killing me because I'd love to come to your state next. Well, well, we'll do it. We'll, you know, but, but listen to me on this plan real quick. What we did is we made this cash positive for every wage earner in the state. Even if you don't pay income tax, we are going to give you a cash rebate check to where, where the, the modest increases that we go up all throughout different other stuff basically keeps you significantly cash positive. And we know that's the left hand. The right hand knows the opportunity of people coming to West Virginia. And my God, a living, if you're going to go to Tennessee or Florida, you've got to drive through West Virginia if you're coming from the population centers. And so we want to grab those people here. Now, with all that, the biggest thing is this, Sean, and here's the sleeper that everybody misses, is really at the end of the day, you know, if you throw both those things aside, the money in the pocket or the opportunity, and you look at one thing, in the state of West Virginia, if we reduce the state income tax by 60%, it will, with, the, with the cash rebate stuff, it will put back in the hands of West Virginians a billion, $87 million. That in itself, and that will be in perpetuity, that in itself will stimulate the small businesses and the economy in the state of West Virginia. It will blow them off the chart. Now, and with that, right behind that, we'll let growth take us to the finish line. It'll take about three years to totally extinguish the income tax in West Virginia. So it's a 60% instant reduction in the state income tax, and then a total phase-out in three years. And while the median household income in West Virginia is about $47,000 a year, uh, that would be anywhere between 500 to $800 annually people will save under your plan. If people make a little more, seventy to 80000 a year, they'll gain anywhere from 1100 to $1,500 annually from the income tax cut alone. That's, that's serious. Now, by the way, you, because of the attack on the energy sector, everybody in West Virginia and the rest of the country, we're now paying more at the pump. We're paying more money to heat our homes, more money to cool our homes. All right. All right on the money. The only thing I would add, Sean, is just one thing, and it's just this. If, if yeah, just think about what you said, and you're, you're splitting the bullseye. But the other thing that, that's the sleeper in this that everybody misses, you know, where West Virginia picked up on the COVID thing about age, age, and age, in this, this is just money, money, money. And if you'll just think about it, if you cut that income tax by 60%, and you do the rebate checks, in the state of West Virginia, every household as an average, every household will get checks or have a reduction in their income tax totaling $1,483. Now, as an average. Now, if you give every household anywhere $1,483, they're going to spend the money. And as they spend the money, the business community is going to thrive like crazy. That's the sleeper that everybody misses in my plan right there. You, you know, know, it's it's a, it's one of the boldest plans of any single governor that I can think of. Here's my fear for your state. And I've, and I've been to West Virginia, and I've been in coal mining territory in West Virginia. And, by the way, the guys that work in the coal mining industry, I don't know how they do it. I, I think it's one of the yeah. toughest, hardest jobs and dangerous on top of it. Than, than any industry I can think of, but, you know, like the military, it's just a dangerous, dangerous 
line of work and people do it with great pride in your state. And now I, I worry about, in particular, the economy in light of, you know, the attacks on all things in the energy sector. Well, I mean, Sean, again, you're splitting the bullseye. First of all, you know, my family's been in the coal business for generations, and you're exactly right about these people. These people are the greatest that have sold the earth. They go to work every day. They work really hard. They make really great money. But at the same time, you know, they they endure the, the, the dangers and everything else. But But with all that, and thank God we've made incredible headway, about improving safety and environmental standards and all kinds of stuff like that. But with with this, you know, that what we're talking about here, Sean, West Virginia, in the last few years under my leadership, and I'm not braggadocious about that, but I'm very proud, we have shifted to where, where we're doing an incredible amount of road work. We put an emphasis on education. With all that, you know, we did stuff for our vets. We did, the, the, the you know, our people on Social Security all kinds of different things. But the biggest thing is just one thing, and it's this. We have the smallest percentage of revenue coming from our revenue on severance taxes of our natural resource that we have had in West Virginia in the last 25 years. And so we're diversified. We're tourism, high-tech, manufacturing, medical. We're all kinds of different things in West Virginia today. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Uh, Incredible innovation, probably the boldest plan of any governor in the country. We continue with West Virginia Governor, uh, Governor Jim Justice. You know, I I look at uh, what you're doing here, and and obviously you've looked at states like Texas and Florida. You've looked like uh, you looked at near neighboring states, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, for example. And what you're doing is you're taking what has worked in these states and you're now you're kind of jacking it up with human growth hormone and and steroids to make it really, you know, push the economy up. And you've you've laid it out in a three year plan. What's the reaction to the bill? And my other question is about Joe Manchin. Listen, I, I get along with Joe Manchin. I've interviewed Joe Manchin many times. Seems like a nice guy, but. He's still a Democrat, and when push comes to shove, he seems to always go to the other side. Well, I'll do the tail end of the question first, you know, and just tell you just this. You know, the Trump family and I have been friends for a long, long, long time. You know, I mean, I've been so far back in the woods with Eric Trump, it's unbelievable, and blew the tire out on my car. He was underneath my vehicle. (laughs) I've been hunting with Don Jr. I mean, literally, the whole family is a family of good people, and our president, you know, our our present president, you know, that, that we should be always respectful of the presidency, and I'm going to be that, but our our present president does not give the man, a, you know, a level of credit, and I mean to President Trump, and it's a crying pitiful shame because every shot that's going in the arm, arms of somebody is going in the arms because of President Trump, and that's just all there is to it. But but with with all that, in regard to Manchin, you mentioned just, you know, Joe and and. And, and President Trump used to always say he was the first to stand up in the State of the Union and be clapping and everything, and he's the first to call me over and over and over. But really, when it gets to crunch, crunch time, he's going to migrate right back to the Democrats. And that worries me an awful lot about this filibuster stuff. And, uh, and the other thing is, just, you know, just to say it like it is, the only reason this, the taxation language is in this bill is Joe. Joe wrote this, and Joe wrote it really trying to hit at me, I, you know, and I and and I think that's a shame. But, but we'll do you think his plan is to ultimately run for governor? Uh, Joe, 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I, I guess that could be possible, but I, I am telling you, these moves, if I was going to run for governor, I wouldn't be making these kind of moves. Not in West Virginia. Well, I mean, what, how much? How many points did Trump carry West Virginia by? A, a billion and then some, you know? <laughs> and, and and I won, and Sean, I won every single county in the whole state. I, w- so, I would say you're in pretty good stead there. You're doing pretty well. I mean, that's that's not right. usual. You know, I love the innovative thinking. I love the idea. What, what I've always said, Governor, is, and I, I clearly I think you'll agree with this, keep conservatism simple. We believe in limited government. We believe in liberty. We believe in freedom. We believe in our Constitution, including the First and Second Amendments. We want lower taxes. We want less government bureaucracy. We want constitutionalists on the bench, secure borders. Uh, we want energy independence. We want law and order, safety and security in every town and city. We want choice in school because the, the public school systems have been destroyed in many areas of the country. We want free and fair trade. We want peace through strength. Anything I'm missing? No, I think you covered it all, all right there, and, and you're, you're exactly right. The only thing I would say to the, the, put a cherry on the top of that is, is here's what I would say all the time, Sean. I would say, for God's sakes of living, just tell me how many egg-sucking cows are in the field. Quit trying to count the legs and divide by four. Just count <laughs> the egg-sucking cows. Man, you know, you're you not cut out for Washington, which is a compliment. That's the highest compliment I could give you. Um, anyway, Governor, enjoyed talking to you. Uh, I love your plan for West Virginia, and I hope people are paying attention. It's a place where they can grow their businesses and and have less government regulation in their life, low taxes, and a, and a great way of life, certainly better than the one I have. Uh, sir, thank you for being with us. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I I still can't get over all the cancel culture wokeness and Dumbo and Peter Pan and Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss and I don't even, I can't even keep up. Mom and Dad, where did you go on vacation? Happy Holidays is now out. I mean, where does it end? In San Francisco, you had a school board member accusing Asian students of white supremacist thinking. Uh, pretty eye-opening case out there in San Francisco. Vice President, San Francisco School Board, under pressure to resign because she accused Asian American students of, quote, white supremacist thinking. The entire senior staff at San Francisco School District on Sunday denounced the school board member's Uh, what they're calling a racist tweet against Asian-Americans, saying she she hadn't adequately taken responsibility for them. And anyway, in this thread of tweets back in 2016, they said Asian-Americans had used, quote, white supremacist thinking to assimilate and to get ahead. I don't don't really understand it completely. Um, Here's a, you know, I'm just telling you, you better be careful of wokeness. You better understand what this is about. Even Bill Maher labeled cancel culture Stalinesque, warning woke brats control the media and cancel culture. He was talking in this particular case about the Teen Vogue editor-in-chief, young woman by the name of Alexi McCammon. And he says, look, I don't want to talk about cancel culture and the nonsense every week, but I just think people understand how this is a tsunami and how fast the goalposts change almost on a weekly basis And he's right about that. 
And, you know, one thing I'd like to ask everybody, do you really believe people are as offended as they, they, they act or they feign outrage, feign superiority? Because I don't believe that's the case. Now, maybe I just think differently than most people. Maybe I, maybe I have a thicker skin. But I don't want to live in an America where people that hate my opinions can't express that they hate my opinions and hate me too. And I see it every day. Um, I used to get packs every single day. I don't know why Sweet Baby James. Here, the Hate Hannity pack. That's what he wrote on the cover of it. Like, give me a pile of, of data and information as he scours the internet every day. Uh, Linda, you see it. I mean, when you say something, people hate you too. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of haters out there. <laughs> but you thrive on it. You love it. I mean, you know, I'm a confrontational person by nature, which is just, you know, I feel like if you're going to step into the fray of the public arena, you got to have a thick skin, which I do. Um, but I, I think that what's happening now is is not as true as, as what we're seeing. I don't think there's this much outrage amongst the people. The people that I'm food shopping with do not care about the things that are being broadcast on CNN and MSNBC. They're there to buy eggs and milk and bread and get their kids off to school and pay their bills. They don't care about all this crap. They really don't. Listen, every time, you know what the question I got asked every week now by people when I meet people in the store, wherever I am, I was in the grocery store. I met a really nice couple this weekend. We were talking for a while and uh, wonderful people. And the the husband's a building inspector and, and the wife was just, uh, she's just funny as hell. And we were just talking about a lot of this stuff. And, and you know what everyone wants to ask me about? What the hell is going on with Biden? And I'm not, I'm like, I'm no, not no, a no. doctor, but I but see they're what not you asking. See. They're desperate for confirmation because they know that there, there's something they going on. They know what on they see. Just, he well, yeah, fell three times going up the stairs for crying out loud. He, he, he struggles. No, no, that didn't the... happen. Didn't, oh, you, right. didn't you see on Twitter what happened? He did not fall down the steps. No, the earth very subtly shook. No, they said the and, wind pushed them over. Oh, and then the wind came? <laughs> was that after the ice capades happened on the steps and he slipped? Oh, How or maybe he inherited those that part. No, I got it. He inherited the steps from Trump. It's Trump's fault. Trump's Trump fault. ruined the steps on Trump the plane. ruined the steps. That's, that's exactly what it, Trump left some some, you know, oil or butter on the steps just it's purposely insane. so he'd trip on the way up. I don't know. Exactly. And just like you weren't vaping. That never happened. That never happened. I don't no. know what people are talking about. It's insane. I have no idea. Everything's like riots over the summer. That never happened either. There's no crisis at the border. No Children are not being sent alone. Yeah. Your taxes um, aren't going you know, up. The, the amazing thing is, is like, look at the Dr. Seuss book sales. They're through the roof. They're the top sellers. If you if you can get them, people are trying to buy them now at a premium price because they don't want it canceled. I noticed Hasbro now has announced a long overdue changes to Monopoly in the community chess cards that they have. I'm like, oh boy, what's wrong with those? I couldn't think of any. I, did I couldn't not even hear remember about it. That. In Illinois, they paid a school district paid a speaker. This is from the Federalist. I'm not making this up. $175 a minute to criticize white people. Anyway, school district in Illinois paid a diversity consultant. $10,500 for a 60-minute Zoom keynote address uh, at a rate of 175 bucks a minute. In one hour, the anti-racism consultant earned the equivalent of about two months' salary of some of the teachers in the school district. And then the Federalists, they raised alarms about the speaker. Our education 
is based on a foundation of, quote, whiteness and that Americans are spiritually murdering students. Okay, is that worth ten thousand? Was that worth a dollar? One hundred and seventy five dollars a minute. Um, students now came to the defense of a professor under fire for expressing concern about anti-white sentiment on campus at the University of Vermont. There was calls for termination after sounding the alarm about how about we just admit racism is wrong in any form? Is that, I mean, a colorblind society that we're all children of, you know, we believe in natural order that that. God created every man, woman, and child. The only difference with the human race and the animal, we, we have a soul and awareness of who God is. We don't understand it all. We're not meant to understand it all. And that the word education means to bring forth from within. Well, well, who put it within there? That would be, you know, oh, you know, the thing, the thing, the God, the creator of everything. Unbelievable. Southern school district telling teachers to ignore, quote, white parents complaints over critical race theory which, by the way, was just banned by um, Governor DeSantis down in Florida, we've talked about in the past. You know, it was a cool story, though. Epic Times had it. A Chick-fil-A employee bestowed a huge gift upon one of his co-worker, one of her co-workers. Uh, she won a car in the company's Christmas raffle, and then she gave the car to a friend in need who was cycling miles and miles to work in the freezing winter weather. I mean, the, the girl's name is Haley, and she gave it to a, 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 a somebody that she works with, a Chick-fil-A, and this is in Appleton, Wisconsin. The pair became friends after she joined the team. I love working here, and didn't want her friend to, you know, have to ride a bicycle in the freezing cold weather. I mean, there is greatness within every human being. All right, let's get to our phones. Uh, let's say hi. Elliot is in Maryland. Elliot, hi, how are you? You're on the Sean Hannity Show. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I heard uh, I'm a big fan of your radio show and your Fox News show. It's an honor to be on. Thank you. I just want to How old do you? you sound young? Yeah, I'm 18. I'm an 18-year-old conservative here yes, in Maryland. Sir. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Trump and everything. And I just want to talk about how the news recently with the whole entire Biden fall, I just thought that was hilarious because in watching everything leading up to Biden taking office, you know, you watched all those years, the past four years of Trump being in office, being, you know, mocked, ridiculed by the media, and they're talking about him when he was going down that ramp and they just were saying all this stuff, saying he has dementia and other stuff like this, mini strokes. And they kept mentioning all of this stuff. Meanwhile, we have a guy in office who is having problems, you know, going up steps. He's having gas daily. It's just crazy to think that our media, you know, the United States of America, where we, we have freedom of speech and everything like that, that our, our media is talking nothing about this. No one's mentioning it except Fox News, you know, and it's evident, you know, 50% of the country is seeing that it's a main problem, and we just have uh, no one talking about it. It's crazy. Well, let me put it this way. So I have three television sets in front of me during, the, during this program, okay? And I watched last Friday. There were networks that never ran it. 
They never ran it. Now, the same networks that hammered Donald Trump about the ramp incident after he gave a speech on on a on a rainy day and it was a ramp. He had dress shoes on. He didn't have rubber soled shoes on. He didn't have sneakers on or rubber soled shoes on. He had dress shoes on. Now, I've had this situation in my life where, oh, I didn't realize I didn't look at the weather forecast and it's snowy, it's rainy, it's icy, sleet, rain, snow, whatever. And then I would get, I, I always, you know, would walk from radio to television a number of blocks. I used to enjoy the walk, like getting some fresh air. I love people watching. And so I was doing my walking. And there are days, if I'm in dress shoes, which is rare, but if I had some reason to be in them that day, it's like you, it's, it's like a hockey rink. That's the one time Donald Trump that. went very, very slow because he understood that it was very slippery. That's called being smart. And the media ran with that. This is that this is not the same thing. And Donald, you cannot even begin to compare Donald Trump's level of energy, mental alertness, acuteness, engagement versus Joe Biden. There, there's no comparison. And then you've got this fear factor. And the fear factor is the liberal media mob, the candidate, now president protection program. They want to ignore it like it's not happening. Just like what's happening at the border is not happening. What happened during the summer with the riots didn't happen. It is, it, it is, it's like they, they want to tell you, you know, red is blue and blue is red and up is down and down is up. Now, unfortunately for them, there are people that can discern simple, fundamental, observational truths in life. And the fact that Joe looks weak and frail and is struggling cognitively, and we compared him to 2016 videotapes to today and 2012 videotapes to today, and it is a startling, startling difference. Now we're getting made fun of by Vladimir Putin and and our presidents being mocked. The Chinese are running lit just it was embarrassing what they did to our delegation, the Biden administration delegation and secretary of state Blinken in Anchorage, Alaska last week. And it is humiliating. And while the media mob and Democrats can act like it's not happening, our enemies and these hostile regimes in Russia and China and Iran and North Korea, they're not ignoring the truth like the media mob. They, they see this for what this is, and they're not going to allow themselves to be lied to. But you need to. You're 18 years old. My advice to you, Elliot, is just stay engaged. Don't be afraid to speak the truth. Don't let others deter you from having a different point of view. And you're going to have fun doing it. I promise you. All right, time for one quick call here as we say hi to Anna in the beautiful state with no income tax, better infrastructure than every northeastern state combined. Uh, Florida, Anna, how are you? We got about 90 seconds. Hi, uh, Sean. Uh, I'm a, an American Cuban, and I'm calling about the uh, what are the Republicans doing for election reform? Not only that, if they get past H.R. 1, that's the end of, I think, of a Republican ever getting into office. Am I correct? You are a thousand percent correct. It would be an unmitigated disaster. And if you so couple that with options? eliminating the, the legislative filibuster, court packing, D.C., Puerto Rico, statehood, 
Yeah, they, they do an illegal immigration and amnesty. You, you, you're looking at a scenario, a power grab, where they would make it that they would be in power for decades and decades to come. So what are our options? I mean, Call your state legislature. Happens, then- well, first of all, they fix things in Florida, so you're lucky. Then now they're beginning to yeah. fix things in Georgia if, if only the, the governor, secretary of state, lieutenant governor would get off their backsides and do something. They're starting to fix things out in Arizona. They're starting to fix things in Pennsylvania. I was on with my friend Rose Tennant today. They're, they're, they've got to do it in Michigan and Wisconsin. they got to do it now. you got to call your state legislatures, legislators now, and you also got to call your senators and say no to H.R. 1. Call them. Tell them. But that's a great point. Thank you, Anna. All right, back to, your, back to the phones. When we come back, 800-941-SEAN. We'll take a deeper dive look into the immigration crisis is out of control. How much is it going to cost every American family? We have the numbers next. News Roundup and Information Overload Hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program, back to our phones. We'll get to at the bottom of the half hour. Uh, I love uh, Mark Meadows' comment. Uh, Yeah, what's happening at the border, the real crisis, uh, is like Biden's Hurricane Katrina. And uh, remember all the talk of kids in cages? Remember I made a big deal about it last week? They're not letting any media in. Nobody, nobody so far has gotten a look-see at the cargo shipping containers where the kids are living and being housed on top of hotels and everything else. But we now have, uh, courtesy of the New York Post, uh, yeah, it shows, oh, hundreds of kids again in cages laying on the floor with their tinfoil blankets. You've got 823 unaccompanied migrant children now being held in in Border Patrol custody just for over 10 days. More than that came, more coming. I mean, it is a crisis, a human tragedy, but it's a self-inflicted one by the Biden administration, and they're just in complete denial. They don't even want to admit it. By the way, they're, they're now awarding ICE $86 million to secure hotel rooms for illegal families. I got criticized last week. Hannity says it's going to cost money to offer health care and housing and food and education. Well, if it's a hundred thousand a month, it starts to add up as as this example shows, eighty six million dollars just for hotel rooms. And I have no idea if that includes any room service of any kind or what other benefits might go along with that. Uh, You've got tents now being thrown up. You know, even fake news CNN at the border said kids are in like jail like conditions with concrete walls and benches. Biden's answer is, well, I'll visit the border at some point. I mean, it's unbelievable. Every other president, by the way, a photojournalist has allowed me to photograph border operations except for Biden. I thought they were going to be the most transparent administration. You know, a lot and almost in every case they're saying they're coming because of Joe Biden. Anyway, we have ABC and NBC, even they're reporting on this. This father, who asked that we not show his face, traveled to Mexico from Brazil with his wife and three young kids before crossing the border. Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president? Definitely not. 
definitely. We had the chance, you know, the, the same violence that is going on today was there last year. We used to watch the, the news and uh, I definitely won't do this. So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president? Basically, basically. Uh, the main thing was the violence in my country. And the second thing uh, I think was Joe Biden. Uh, you know, uh, it's like uh, letting up my hope. You know what I mean? Some say the new president gave them hope for a life in America. Why did you decide to come now? To take advantage of the opportunity that the president has given to the people from, from, from Central America to come with their families. Uh, yeah, that would be a bad idea. Anyway, joining us, Steve Camarada is the with the Center for Immigration Studies and director of research, author of a new analysis outlining American taxpayer dollars going to illegal immigrants by the millions. Now, you know, look, what have I said? I think we ought to have a legal immigration system. I don't care where anybody comes from, to be very blunt with you. I don't care. And but you should be vetted. We need to know you don't have radical associations in the day and age of covid. I think it would be smart to demand some health checks. Uh, I think it would be smart to demand that if we allow people the few highly coveted slots that whatever the number happens to be that Congress should legislate and we shouldn't just bypass an entire branch of, of government, an entire co-equal branch of government. I think that people should be able to sustain themselves when they come here and not immediately become a financial burden to the American people. I mean, the people that are arriving now, we, we have to take care of their every single need. And you might say, well, that's heartless. It's not heartless. I mean, if they're making the perilous journey and they're telling us they're coming because Joe is inviting them and Joe denied it to Stephanopoulos, but we caught him in an all out lie last week because he said it during one of the debates. But it's going to cost billions and billions and billions of dollars because you're talking about it impacting the educational system, our health care system, our criminal justice system at some points. I mean, now we're testing for covid. You know, you get a test for COVID, that costs money too. Every aspect of this is costing you, the American taxpayer, at a time when we really can't afford it, a fortune. Anyway, Stephen Camerata looks at the cost here. So if, if the number is right, it's between 11 and 15 million illegal immigrants. And Joe Biden is moving towards, I guess, some form of amnesty. And then you have 100,000 last month coming in. And we expect that to be, you know, we're expecting 20 what the, the largest number in 20 years uh how much money are we talking about this costing the american people oh obviously the number the total number runs into the tens of billions of dollars when you take into things like education and health care and just basic infrastructure costs and everything else, particularly services for children and U.S.-born children. The report you mentioned at the outset was specifically just how many illegal immigrants are likely to get COVID checks because we've actually issued them Social Security numbers, and then how many might get it fraudulently or they previously were authorized to work, so have a social, and we tried to estimate that. So there are nearly 3 million illegal immigrants in the United States that we've given Social Security numbers 
Clippers too. I can't explain it all because it's a little bit complicated, but there are a host of of categories like suspension of deportation and deferred action and eligibility for a status adjustment and withholding uh, granting of withholding of deportation and we have a million categories that the courts and immigration lawyers and to some extent Congress has created and then we hand out social security numbers like it's a candy and then don't keep track so it looks like at minimum two million illegal immigrants will get um, uh, COVID checks, and if you look at their income, which we know about their income and number of dependents, and that's going to cost at least four billion. Wait a so two million illegal immigrants will get fourteen hundred dollar checks. Uh, yeah, they also have U.S. born children, and there's some phase out, so some get a slightly smaller check. But the number we came up with was four point four billion, at least in cash payments through the new. Uh, through the Renew Relief Bill, four billion, yeah, two, uh, almost three billion directly. Another one billion and a half on behalf of their kids is what sure. your estimate is. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. Now, Democrats for a long time, and I've I've talked about the reason that the border never got fixed is two reasons: Republican and Democrat. Now, Democrats they they figure if they offer something of great value, citizenship, amnesty. The hope is that they would vote for Democrats in in perpetuity. In the case of Republicans, some, many, big corporations, they wanted cheap labor. Well, that, that hurts the American labor force. We right now have 17 million Americans, 18 million Americans out of work because of the pandemic. Now we're adding more and more people to the unemployment rolls because they're destroying the energy sector in the country. Those are high-paying career jobs gone. None of them are being replaced. And now you're going to legalize however many people are already here and then take in millions more because that's where we're headed. Right. I mean, look, the crisis at the border, the thing I was talking about, about all the illegal immigrants we give Social Security numbers to and work authorization, part of the reason we have a crisis at the border is people know that if they get there and then if they bring a child, we generally release them, or if they apply for asylum, we generally release them. And then soon thereafter, they can often get work authorization. And then Biden's decision to not work with the Central American countries, Biden's decision to not work with Mexico. I mean, whatever else you say about Trump, he pressured those countries. He got them to act. Now, bottom line is our immigration system is so ridiculous that we have to rely on other countries to help police our border. That is a terrible situation. But that is the reality because we give out Social Security numbers to people who make it to our border, for example. But, but the point is, Trump did something. Biden's undone it, and it's causing a mad rush at the border. And all of these problems are going to intensify, and it's all at the feet of the president. The CBO now estimates are at $35 billion, the amnesty plan of Biden. Now, that's a small amnesty plan. Remember, that's only for TPS. That's for the people who have these temporary protections. And that's for only the DACA people. The much larger amnesty would have to cost three to four times that. And that's only exactly which was where I was heading with this remark. And, you know, remember when they were talking about, you know, X number of billions of dollars, $10 billion for the wall, and oh, this, we can't afford it. That's way too much for the wall. But boy, you know, they, they certainly built a wall around the, the Capitol in, in pretty short order, didn't they, when it comes to protecting themselves, right? 
Yeah, look, walls work, but we also need interior enforcement. The opposition now, it was not always the case. The Democratic Party used to be much more reasonable about controlling the border and within the United States. The modern Democratic Party, and I've seen it over the last 20 years, is now a party that is totally hostile to any kind of immigration enforcement, despite the impact on taxpayers and despite the impact on American workers, particularly those at the bottom that the Democrats claim to be most concerned about. But when it comes to immigration, they just have no uh, – their position now is – any time an illegal immigrant gets sent home, it's a tragedy. Any time someone can't come, it's a tragedy. And you would think, given their concern for the poor already here, they wouldn't take that position, but apparently not. So if, if this is the largest influx of illegal immigrants in 20 years, by year's end, how many people will have entered this country illegally? Now, keep in mind... We now have people that we have captured on the terrorist watch list crossing that border. Uh, it now also, as Border Patrol resources, you know, are, are focused on kids and focused on the large numbers of people. Well, the, the drug smugglers and the cartels and the gangs and the human traffickers, they, they pretty much now have free reign because when all the activity is going on in one area, uh, they're going to find a more obscure place for them to cross over and be involved in their criminal activities as well. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. Look, it takes, normally, if we catch someone from Mexico, we can just turn them back and send them back to Mexico. It takes a few hours to process them, fingerprint them, that sort of thing. But when someone's not from Mexico, it takes 80 hours to process, and it takes dramatically more Border Patrol resources. So you have to pull people off the line. And remember, we're looking at more than 80% of the people we're apprehending at the border are not from Mexico. So that's an enormous workload. The Border Patrol can't handle that at all. So they have to pull people off the line. And as you point out, that creates an enormous opportunity for additional illegal immigrants, but all kinds of smuggling, particularly drug smuggling. I mean, it really is a massive amount of money. Quick break. We'll come back on the other side. The cost of illegal immigration, it is staggering. Dr. Stephen Camerata, Center for Immigration Studies. More with him. Your calls. Final half hour of the show coming up as well. Right as we continue, Dr. Stephen Camerata, he's with the Center for Immigration Studies, looking at the cost of all of this on you, we, the American people. Have you ever broken down what it would cost the average American when all is said and done, when you put all of the money combined in one big pot, what it ultimately you what you estimate what your estimate is for the cost? How much does um, it cost just, every American? Well, it depends on yeah, if you want to count all of the illegal immigrants and then all the costs that their U.S. born children create, right? Because there are maybe five million now children who are minors who are the uh, children of illegal immigrants. I mean, you could easily hit a hundred billion dollars every year in total costs associated with illegal immigration. Um, if you especially if you count the U.S. born children, because remember, all of those children at birth are immediately eligible for every welfare program, and about half of all illegal immigrant households receive some form of welfare. Um, it doesn't mean they don't work, because remember, you can receive welfare and work. You can work and have a kid on Medicaid or get 
free school lunch or, uh, you know, food stamps, live in public housing. Um, and that's one of the main ways illegal immigrants get those welfare programs. And as, as we were discussing before, because we've handed out Social Security numbers to illegals like Candy, many of them can get things like the stimulus checks. There's other things called the earned income tax credit, which is not really necessarily earned, and it's not a tax credit. It's a cash payment for folks. And then there's another thing called the ACTC, the Additional Child Tax Credit, and that's another cash payment these folks with Social Security securities uh, numbers can get. So when you add all that up, yeah, you're looking at at least $100 billion in total costs. Many of it, though, is associated with U.S.-born children. And it's all going to get worse because Biden has taken steps to vastly encourage illegal immigration. And the worst about this is it was all foreseeable. Everybody knew it was going to happen, but they did it anyway. All right, we appreciate the information. Dr. Stephen Camerata, he's with the Center for Immigration Studies, director of research and author of this new analysis. It's going to cost every American a fortune. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. All right, to our phones we go. A lot to get to. Let's say hi to Mary Beth, great state of Arkansas. You're going to have a good governor running in us. Um, Our friend Sarah Huckabee Sanders is running down there, and she's got a huge lead already, and I think she'd be a great governor. She'd be wonderful. Can't wait. I've known her for a long time. She is the real deal. Yeah, she's a wonderful young woman. Tough, too. She's very tough. Yes, she is. That's what we need. Hey, listen, President Trump taught us something that I had never thought about before, that we elect our state officials, and they are responsible for keeping us safe, our state safe, and if we need anything at all, we call President Trump or the governor government, and they send in who we need if our governors can't take care of it. And it scares me to death that the government is sending in all these people to states that are safe and have survived COVID. And I just I just don't know why this, the governors can't say, no, we're not taking them. Yeah, you know, think of it this way. Imagine if your governor, Craig Abbott, and... I love him. And I'm not okay, even... He's a, uh, listen, he's a great guy. I've known him for many, yeah. many years. I like Craig Abbott a lot. And now Governor Abbott has a problem with all these illegal immigrants... He now has to deploy his own National Guard at the border. But then he's now forbidden from enforcing what is the law of the land. Then they're taking over, you know, for example, the K. Bailey Hutchinson Center in Dallas to house these kids. Then they won't even allow protective services for children to get in and make sure that these kids are being treated humanely. The, the, the one video shot we got was, yeah, kids are back in cages. Nobody's been allowed to go inside these cargo shipping containers that they're putting kids in with a tiny window with bars on it. And they tell us, no, it's really nice. It's got butterflies on the wall. Would you ever put a kid in a cargo shipping container ever, Mary Beth? Because I would never, never, never. You know, it's not it's a no brainer, but that's what they're doing. And then they're trying to keep state and local governments. Then they put a gag order on the border security and ICE agents they can't even tell the American people the truth of what's going on down there because they're trying to cover it all up. But they claim they're the most transparent administration on the face of the earth. Then they deny publicly, and we proved it to be a lie, that that they're not coming because Joe Biden 
told them to come. They did. He did tell them to come. Then you get rid of the stay in Mexico policy. Then once they're here, they're not going to get rid of them. Just like even if they process them and they're given a court date, they're caught and they're released. Well, they're released. Then we're putting we're putting those that even test positive for covid. We're putting them in in hotels and nobody's watching to make sure that they're socially isolated and distancing and quarantining. You see these facilities are there's no social distancing and there's not a lot of mask wearing either. And then we're sending them to other parts of the country, other states in the union. Good luck. And they're putting the burden on everybody in every state. D.C. to the White House. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, good call. I appreciate it. Hang in there. We just got to keep fighting. The answer is you got to stay engaged here. There's there's always after election, there's, you know, a little bit of burnout, a little bit of fatigue. And if we don't reengage this fight now and we don't get voting laws changed now and and we allow this to go unabated and unchallenged now, we're all going to be paying the price. It's going to be that much harder to fix it down the road. You got to you got to stay engaged now. Bob is in Wisconsin. Bob, your state legislatures. There was a great 4-3 Supreme Court decision. The dissent was written by your chief justice on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And he said, unless this 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 body, meaning the Supreme Court of Wisconsin, gets the courage to enforce the laws of Wisconsin, it's going to keep happening. Your state legislature needs to now reform the election laws in that state. And I'll tell you one other thing. I hope you guys reelect Ron Johnson. He's a great senator. Well, I sure hope so. I'll tell you, <laughs> you know, I see a lot of people. Uh, I live in a fairly blue area, and it's kind of ridiculous, uh, some of the nonsense that comes out. But a couple of points, if you don't mind, I'd like to make, Sean. First of all, thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate the opportunity. But number one, you know, you guys in New York, you guys got Governor Cuomo. And wait, 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 can, can I just China. stop you there? Sure. I am here under protest. <laughs> I am here as a matter of contractual <laughs> obligation. Right. In many ways, I feel like I'm in prison. I'm just saying. I don't believe you. And yeah. uh, trust me, I'd rather live anywhere else than New York right now. Yeah. Well, that being said, okay, Como is nothing more than a distraction. He's a shiny penny at the bottom of the well. And and the reason he's a distraction is, you know, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, they want to take the attention off of uh, stumbling, bubbling, fumbling Joe Biden. And, uh, you know, Como well, is a can I just Can I gently just take issue with that a little bit? You know, we had literally we don't know the final number, but at least 15,000 elderly people die because of his stupid executive order. We have these kids in group homes. We lost nearly 600 of them. We lost a lot of the workers in group homes because of his executive order. That's all real. These sexual harassment. Now we have eight accusers. I don't think it's a distraction. I think it's it's you know, a lot is coming to light about how bad he did in covid and and other things that have been going on, apparently, that we didn't know about. What they're going to get him on, though, Sean, is going to be the, the sexual predator stuff, and, and, and as well they should. But the bottom line is, you know, that, that, that is something that they're going to say that, you know, this is how tough the Democrats are in sexual predators. And, you know, so they're going to use that as an advertising point, this kind of any other thing. And if I were Como, I'd just turn the bus around and say, listen, you know, you're so tough on me about sexual predators. How about uh, Joe Biden? Wasn't he accused of it? Why didn't you believe the woman there? But anyway, I, well, I there think wasn't just a woman. There were two women. But go ahead. Yeah. 
I, I think he's a diversion. So that's that's one thing that I, I basically think that, uh, you know, we're spending way too much time on, on Como. He's going to go. I mean, they're going to throw him under the bus. So he's a done deal. we got to focus on the president and on, on the legislators that are out there that are causing the problems here. As far as, uh, you know, the resident stuff goes, I look at uh, what is going on, you know, for instance, south of the border and things of this nature. you got CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, not CNBC, but and MSNBC. They never tell the truth. They never show 90% of what's going on, 90%. The only place you can get this information on Fox News. Unfortunately, a number of the liberals that, uh, and a lot of them, they're not nasty people or really unintelligent. They just don't watch anything other than Rachel Maddow or Anderson Cooper and stuff like garbage like that. What the conservatives have to do if they want to get their point across, you know, cut out this, uh, send me a check and I'm going to run for re-election. Pull your money, take out a few ads on CNN, you know, advertise with the bad guys. You know, I realize that's not your station, but spend some money there so these people will see what's going on. And you don't have to say anything. Just show what Joe Biden says. Show what he is doing. Show him tripping up the steps on the advertisement. But it's got to be on something that these people that are in the middle. Listen, I, don't, I don't disagree overall with your strategy. Now, if I was a political strategist and, and some politician sought my counsel or my advice, it's not like I haven't been passionately, deeply involved in all of this for 33 years professionally now. But... Um, my advice would be don't waste your time being a guest because you're just going to be shouted down and, and it's going right. to be five on one. I remember, you know, we'd watch people, our friend Jeff Lord or our friend Kaylee McEnany on CNN. It'd be nine on one every time. I remember uh-huh. once I was writing Jeff Lord. He's in the middle of a nine on one assault. I'm like, good grief. And he, he's literally laughing. Um, but the but I don't disagree with your strategy about running ads and trying to bypass the media. You'd be surprised the amount of censorship that goes on that they won't run these ads. Big listen, big tech. You know, look look what they did with the New York Post article on Hunter's laptop. You know, this, we're not talking about a kid here. We're not going after a politician's young child. He's fifty years old. He's making you know a billion five deal with the Bank of China. He's making money with Russian oligarchs. He's making money with Kazakhstan oligarchs. He's making money in oil, gas, and energy in um, Ukraine with no experience. And then you got all these other things that I know I've been briefed are on this laptop. It still hasn't come out publicly yet, but what did come out prior to the election, big tech squashed. So did the other media mob. That, that's when I say candidate big tech protection program. That's what it is. He, the candidate now presidential protection program. They protect them. Joe Biden falls three times. They don't even talk about it. They don't even air it. They don't even discuss it. You know, we, they, you know, it's interesting because they started attacking me because I would say Joe looks weak, frail and is struggling cognitively. Now they're not attacking me anymore because there's too much evidence. And every time they attack me, I mention them by name and I say, OK, Tell me how this is not exactly what I'm seeing. And then I compare Joe to 2016 to now. Joe from 2012 to now. It's a slam dunk case if you have eyes. So they're not attacking me on that anymore. They'll find something new to attack me on. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be something. It's always something. You and, get the you know, liberals li- to listen to your program once in a while. That would help. But well, they, they Listen, it. more than you think, trust me. They, they, they don't think the Biden White House 
is not watching Hannity at night. I promise yeah, you they he, are. Uh, he he wouldn't understand anything you said anyway. No, he's asleep. I didn't say him. He he's he's <laughs> you know, he's up in his residence at seven o'clock and he's, you know, taking his warm milk and hot cocoa and he's going nappy nappy, you know. So I'm not saying he's watching, but I am saying trust me, the people around him are watching. Democrats in Washington watch. They know exactly. They they want to know what, what I'm saying and thinking and, and where they think this is going. And Republicans watch, too. And they watch in big numbers. And they do because we'll, we, we will often say and uh, things that they themselves don't clearly have the courage to say. And we're talking about things that are real. And we try not to sugarcoat it. Listen, I'm not even trying to be mean to Joe Biden. Somebody says, Hannity, you're being mean. I'm not being mean. You know, if people knew all of this before he ran for president and they didn't care enough about him to say, you know what, we just don't think you're up to this, then that's a disservice to him by them. They didn't care. And at some point when we find out what they knew and when they knew it and who knew what and when, I think there's a big story to be told there, and one that, you know, if, if you package something and try and sell it in a, in a store, and you know that you're, what you're promising is not true, that's considered fraud. If people knew that they were hiding specific things about Joe Biden on purpose so that he can gain power and hide him in the basement during the whole campaign, we need to know. Because that would be committing fraud on the American people, all because they wanted power. How bad was it during the campaign? It looked pretty bad from my vantage point, and now it seems to be getting worse. Now, is he going to get through his press conference on Thursday? Yeah, in all likelihood, he's going to practice all week, and sure, he'll get through it. They'll figure it out. They'll go to friendlies. They'll get a good idea where the room is ahead of time. Yeah, what, what topics are you guys uh, interested in today? And they'll, they're gonna pra- he's going to practice. You know, who knows? Maybe we'll get another moment. What? Come on, man. Come on, man. You, you, you a junkie? You know, those unscripted moments are the ones that, yeah, Joe struggles the most with. Anyway, appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to join us, Alabama, we got Tom next. Sean Hannity Show. Where in Alabama are you, sir? Good afternoon, Sean. See, one of the things that uh, I wanted to comment on was with uh, you get uh, Geraldo on at night commenting on immigration and the first thing he wants to throw out there is that who's going to come pick the vegetables and the fruits and things in our in at harvest time and he says that americans aren't willing to do that which is not true there are nomads throughout the country that live in their campers and in their vans and things and they go around and work the harvest and there are immigrants or there are migrant workers who come up from mexico who work the circuit every year i've been in farming and we had the same people come up every year, and then they go home. It's not like these millions of people that have been coming across the border are coming here to pick vegetables. They're coming for the service jobs that are taking being taken away from other Americans. Well, and, and it also uh, drives wages down. When you're talking about millions of people and the highest yep. you know, influx of illegal immigrants in 20 years, and you know, post-pandemic when already have nearly 20 million Americans out of work, and then you're firing people left and right because you, you don't like us to be energy independent. And we're all paying more money at the pump and more paying, paying more money to heat and cool our homes. On days we're having bad days, we want to move to a ranch or a farm. I think yeah. the farm would be hard. It'd be much easier to be a rancher. Hey, I think, I think. what do I know? 
All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox News. Please set your DVR. We have our reporters on the border, Griff Jenkins in Mexico. Also, madness unfolding in Miami with spring break. It's out of control. We have a live report there. Also, Kaylee McEnany, Newt Gingrich, uh, Lawrence Jones, Dan Bongino, much more. Hannity, set your DVR, 9 Eastern, Fox News. See you tonight. Back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us.